1: This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 10, episode 29.
2: This is Writing Excuses. Why should my characters fail spectacularly? 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry? And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Howard. I'm
1: Mary.
3: And I'm going to fail spectacularly. Well, you
1: Except he got it right. He got it right. Well, he was Dang supposed it. to say his name, so no, that was a fail. Okay,
2: <laughs> there you go. It was spectacular. No, but the then. one time
4: I waited for him to make a joke, and he didn't make a joke, it was a disaster. Oh, so, oh, yeah.
2: so, point being. Point being, um, <laughs> spectacular failures. You we're talking, this is our, our second podcast on middles. Um, and the middle is sometimes the hardest part of the book. At least for me, the middle is the hardest part of the book. Because there's, you know, I'm really excited about my beginning. I've got it, you know, in my head. And for me, endings, I know how to do my endings. Endings, you know, are, are my thing. Those middles, I'm like, what do I do with all this space? Well, the answer is usually it's time to fail.
1: <laughs> so one of the things that, that we'll see a lot is that the character is going along and, and they have they, they try something and it succeeds and then they try something else and it succeeds and, yes. and then they try something else and it succeeds and the story is over. And you're like, why was that not satisfying? Because because my character was so successful. And one of the things that we like when we see a character is to Mm -hmm. watch them struggle, because then it feels like they have earned their achievement.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The spectacular part of this I stole from Terry Rossio. I've mentioned him before in the podcast. One of my favorite screenwriters who writes about um, writing. And he talks about spectacular failure as one of the prime ways to build sympathy for a character, which is great. When you can use, this is basically a plot plotting, Podcast. But when you can use plotting to characterize, you're doing something right. And he uses the beginning of Indiana Jones, um, which again, I've talked about, I believe, on the podcast. This opening where Indiana, you know, the first movie, he ends up failing. He goes through this whole thing. You remember the big thing with the boulder and the Mm tarantulas? And at the end, he gets the idol stolen from him. But he failed spectacularly. He was so awesome throughout all of that that as you're watching, you're like, this guy is highly competent, he's highly interesting, he's funny. And he wasn't good enough. I love him.
1: Yeah. So Some of the things that I, I see when I'm looking at that are that he is, he is making the smartest decision that he can make yes. with, the, with the information and resources that he has available. Exactly. And then when things go wrong, it is, it is as a direct consequence of an action that he takes, but it's not something he could necessarily have foreseen. Yes.
2: And one of the things I like about this also is that he's using kind of your yes, but no, and... If mm-hmm. you look at if you look at that opening sequence there's a whole oh, lot of so- yes buts mm-hmm. followed by a no and mm-hmm. at the end yes but does does he get across the the hole yes he gets across the pit but spiders are all over him does he get the idol off of the the stand yes he gets the idol off the stand but a giant boulder is chasing him does he get away from the boulder yes but now the bad guys are here does he defeat them no and they take his idol
4: yeah mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, that makes Indiana Jones such a great example. Uh, when I'm stuck in the middle and I'm trying to build a tri-fail, mm-hmm. tri-fail cycle, one of the first things that I look at is what is the awesome ending I have in mind? Mm. What is the protagonist going to do? How is it going to work out? I mean, you know, are, we're gonna win. How can I take that and mirror that into an event earlier in the story? And if uh, you look, at, Indi- if you look yeah. at Indiana Jones throughout that movie, uh, well, let's start with the end. His goal, the end in mind, is get the thing back to the museum. Yep. Okay? Um, The actual end result is the government takes it. So in the end, it's failure. Yes. If you look at what he does throughout the film, every time he tries to take control of the arc, something gets in the way, he fails, somebody takes it away from him, until right at the very end, uh, his objective becomes don't look at the Ark, stay alive. Yes. <laughs> um, and and I'm pretty sure that when they started the movie, they had that in mind at the end. And the movie is satisfying because throughout it, he's taking heroic action and failing. And at the end, even though his heroic action fails, he makes the decision that succeeds. Right. And yeah. the bad guys get theirs and I, uh, it's really satisfying.
3: That, that's a really good thing to point out is that and, and it goes right back to what Mary said, is that all these, what these try-fail cycles are doing is setting up your ending. Uh, the book that I just turned in, I, was, I wanted to give it this kind of noirish ending that was actually a failure, blah, blah, and the book just hadn't been built that way, the mm-hmm. way that Indiana Jones is. Right. And so it felt incredibly unsatisfying to have that because you know, the, the try-fail cycles throughout had not properly prepared you for it.
2: You know, another way that these can prepare you, I was thinking, as Howard was saying, was that a really good book often mirrors these tri-fail cycles, with the the failures in the middle, coming back to a moment at the end that is a success. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really important for the tri-fail cycle. And I think this is something that newer writers may miss. They may be like, "All right, I need to have them fail, so I'll have them fail this way, this way, and this way." Great, but I feel that really powerful plots will show failure. That is mirrored by the ending being a success. Um,
1: yeah. And, and related to that, it's, it, it's that the, the things that they are trying and failing on right. are, are related to the goals that we set up at the beginning. Yes. Um, I've
2: got a good example of this. Star Wars. The mm-hmm. original Star Wars. We get to see Luke not trusting in the Force. He has a mm-hmm. fail cycle. It's a very little one, but he's sitting on the Millennium Falcon practicing with the little thing loose-shooting lasers at him, and he's not willing to trust in the Force and he gets shot. Um, and this whole, do I trust in the Force or not, becomes a theme through the movie to the end where he turns off his targeting computer and trusts in the Force. His success becomes trusting in the Force, and then he's able, when he blows up the Death Star, we're like, yes. He earned that because the whole yeah. movie he's been building to this moment.
4: It may seem silly, but the first time I saw the movie and Ben's voice comes mm-hmm. to Luke and says, use the Force, I got chills. Mm-hmm. They set that up just right. I did not realize that the Force could let Ben talk from beyond the grave. Yes. I did not realize that the Force was going to let Luke do this aiming, but it all makes perfect sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's also,
2: I mean, I love the structure of Star Wars, which I, so maybe it's a little <laughs> off topic, but the first time we're talking with Ben, he makes the comparison technology versus the Force with the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. a blaster, it's, it's you know, unwieldy or whatever, it's,
5: a, it's clumsy.
2: clumsy, and here is the lightsaber which represents the Force, and it is elegant, and that's the choice you're going to have to make, Luke.
5: Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app.
2: Um, And Dan, you have our Book of the Week this week.
3: That is absolutely correct. Book of the Week is The Edge of the World by Kevin J. Anderson. It is book one in his Terra Incognita series. Um, And uh, and, and I can honestly say this is the best Kevin J. Anderson book I've ever read. It is uh, fantasy set in a seafaring civilization. So it's kind of, think, uh, you know... Game of Thrones meets Jason and the Argonauts. Mm-hmm. Lots of sea monsters, sword and sorcery, very cool questing stuff. And of course. And everyone does. Well, not that aspect. <laughs> that would be Jason and Thrones. the Thrones. He's no. talking
4: about Game of Argonauts. Okay.
5: <laughs> this is
3: Game of Argonauts. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's two rival kingdoms that are locked in a war and they're trying to destroy each other. And meanwhile, they have to find this map and then find this island and all this stuff. It's very cool stuff. Uh, Kevin being Kevin, it is full of uh, try-fail cycles and, and great little narrative twists and stuff. So uh, it is read by Scott Brick, and you can get a free copy of it at audiblepodcast.com excuse. We have a 30-day free trial you can sign up for and get a free copy of this or any other audiobook.
2: Excellent. Now, the first time I was introduced to try-fail cycles, it was actually when I was taking the class from Dave Wolverton that uh, Dan and I both took in college. And Dave got up and introduced this idea, try fail cycles. And he said that he always makes something, someone fail three times before they succeed. He actually checks it off on a list. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys do that? What do you think?
3: I actually, because of that same class, Mm -hmm. I was sticking with the three times and assumed that that was some kind of ineffable law. And then I looked really closely at the structure of the Princess Bride, ah. which, to be fair, it does have a three-cycle thing. You can look at uh, the way that the man in black confronts the three circus performers. Yep. Those are essentially tri fail cycles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He attempts to get the princess back, but he doesn't with all three. But then you look at Inigo's plot line, um, one of arguably the most Yes. emotionally satisfying climaxes of any movie is when he finally gets his revenge. He goes through nine full try-fail cycles before he gets really? to that point. You counted that. And I counted them all up. That's amazing. And that's part of why I think that's so satisfying yeah. because we have been with him and it, he just keeps getting kicked in the face over and over. And when he finally does it, you can't help but cheer.
2: Excellent. Um, now, can we go the other direction? Are there times where you want fewer?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. and one of the things is sometimes I can tell mm-hmm. like that the author is going down the checklist, yeah, um, and for those, it's with when when I'm like, oh, you didn't really need that try fail cycle is when the character is making a decision that is. Either unnecessary mm-hmm. or or foolish, and and you can see that the author is doing it because they need one more try-fail cycle.
2: Yeah, this is my big worry with try-fail cycles, and I like
4: Dan. Um, y- the way I use it, I I know that the characters need to fail, and I write it so that it's interesting and so that I'm having fun. And if at some point, as I'm you know reading, rereading, going back, I feel like something's missing, I will count. Mm -hmm. And I will check and see, well, has there been, you know, has not been enough of this? And honestly, that's the way I use a lot of these sorts of rules is that when I feel like the story isn't working or when I'm stuck, then I will go to the checklist and see if, oh, am I one fail short? Am I, you know, did he not try hard enough? What's, did this not mirror the ending? No, that's perfect. That's
2: exactly what I think people need to hear because we talk, I've mentioned this before, we talk a lot on the podcast about do this, do this, do this. But these are tools that a lot of times I'm using to assess a story I'm already writing when I feel like something is going wrong. Yeah. I feel that personally as an outliner, one of my big dangers is the checklist mentality. Yeah. Um, And when I read an outliner's book, whenever, when it fails for me, it's almost always because of this checklist sort of feel. It starts Mm -hmm. to feel like the story is not organic, that it is, you can see the structure because they're trying too hard to pay to just follow the structure. And so I think this is where every outliner needs to practice their pantsing and learn from the pantsing and when to let a story move by instinct a little bit more than by the strict number of things on yeah. your outline.
3: Yeah. The, the, other, the other thing that you can do to help make sure that your try-fail cycles don't feel forced Mm -hmm. is to make sure that they're accomplishing more than one thing. So that you can't, like Mary said, read it and go, oh, try fail cycle number three. Yeah. Um, And a wonderful example of this comes from Jaws. Early in Mm -hmm. the movie, they catch a shark, but it's the wrong one. So there's a try fail. But the other thing that scene is doing is setting up in the audience's mind what a shark looks like. Mm -hmm. We've seen it. It's dead. It's small. It's not threatening. So when the actual shark shows up, We've been trained to be terrified by it because it exceeds our expectations.
4: At risk of uh, drilling into a project I'm currently in the middle of, uh, when we designed the uh, Planet Mercenary role-playing game, I wanted to make sure that this was a role-playing game that had try-fail cycles in it. Mm -hmm. And so we created a deck of cards that the original name of the deck was Yes But, (laughs) (laughs) in which... Uh, You know, depending on the die rolls, about 25% of the time, you would need to draw a card. Um, And the cards were things like, and I'm going to read one here, best concussion ever. The last player character who took damage may transfer one skill point from one skill to any other skill. (laughs) Okay? And what this does, okay, you succeeded, Mm -hmm. but something else... Happened. Mm -hmm. Something else Mm -hmm. has gone sideways, and some of these are a direct result of what you've done. That's awesome. Some of these are some of these are just really terrible, terrible things that you don't want to have happen. Um, But we built the whole game around the idea that if you own the failure, if you make it spectacular, the group storytelling experience will be more fun. Mm -hmm. And as Alan play play tested this with his uh, with his role players. (laughs) <laughs> they they came back and they said that, you know, this was amazing. This was like reading good novels, which brings it all back around. Mm-hmm. If, we've, if you've got yeah, a good yeah. try-fail cycle, it's a good story. So, so let's let's go back to Princess
3: Bride again. One of the great things about that, I mentioned that, uh, you know, Man in Black defeating those three circus performers, those are try-fails. Mm-hmm. But narratively, they are all successes.
2: Yes. I mean, that's yeah. one
3: of the greatest sword fights ever. That's one of the greatest outwitting dialogue scenes Ever,
2: yeah. This is your princess is in another castle. Yeah,
4: they uh, are yeah, fail. Yeah. They are fail cycles, tri fail cycles for Vazini's team. Yeah, Married. it's a
1: failure <laughs> for people we like. So, so the thing is about about the 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 man in black defeating about Niga Montoya is that. How many try fail cycles you can have on any given problem I think is directly related to how important that problem is to the main character
3: mm-hmm. mm, yeah
1: you know if it 's if it's something that 's fairly trivial to the main character right
2: and no, you have a good point.
1: you have fifteen try fail cycles around it you 're going to drive your readers crazy, but you can have fifteen try fail cycles on getting the princess out of the castle yes if that 's the driving motivation for the for the entire thing. I think
2: that's perfect. Um, and that's a really good thing to keep in mind. And also like what Howard said, which is y- you got to remember your yes buts yes. When you're tr- in your try-fail cycles. Um, in fact, depending on the story you're telling, a lot of thrillers, their pacing is all yes buts. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. we achieved this, but we made it worse. Yes, we achieved this, but we made it worse. Um, and rather than the you know Indiana Jones, no, I failed and I got kicked in the head. Yeah. Um, so I think... Taking all of these tools and looking at what they're trying to do, which is prove to the reader that this task is difficult. Prove to the reader that, hey, our characters are trying really capable, competent, interesting, intelligent um, things, and it's still not working. This must be a big problem. That's your goal.
1: Yeah, and there's one caution that I want to put in here when you're doing these yes but no ends or, or try-fail cycles is that you want to watch out for plot bloat, mm. which is that when you are introducing these conflicts that you do want to make sure that they are related to the central story that you're trying to tell um, because it's very easy to cause a complication for your yeah. character that opens up a whole new oh, plot. Oh, yeah. We mm-hmm. had to put in the
4: game, mm-hmm. we had to create a mechanic where the game master can buy that card off and say, nope, that, that doesn't happen, uh, because it it bloats.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, we are out of time. We will talk more on this topic in upcoming podcasts where, where we dig into pacing. But for right now, Mary has homework for you.
1: Yes. So we are going to play with the yes, but no, and try-fail cycle. So what I want you to do is to look at the next conflict your character is facing, um, and and just think of the smartest thing they can do. And then start a yes-but, no-and cycle. And just for purposes of exercise, try it as a three-cycle. So they're going to fail twice before they succeed. And you can decide if, they, if you have two yes, buts or a yes-but and a no-and. But each time they try, that thing needs to get worse. Excellent.
2: This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go right.